Welcome to Highlawn Baptist Church in St. Albans, West Virginia, where our mission is to know Christ and to make Christ known. For more information, visit us online at highlawnbaptistchurch.org. We're so glad you've decided to join us, and now we invite you to grab your Bible, if you're able, as we pray that you will be blessed by the preaching of the truth of God's Word today. Good morning. How's everybody today? I'm Evan. If we've not met, if we, if we have met, it's still been a little while, so good to see you all here. Um, as, as area minister, one of the fun things that I get to do is to travel around to different churches and visit different places. And this time of year, I get to hand out these nice little giving mission giving certificates uh, to the churches who have given and supported to the West Virginia Baptist Convention. So, Highland Baptist Church, thank you so much for your giving. Uh, 2022 gave nearly $7,500 through the uh, to missions through the West Virginia Baptist Convention to different things. So. Uh, it's not much, but here's this little piece of paper that says thank you very much uh, from the bottom of our hearts. Because one of the things that we realize is we are not, as the office in Parkersburg and the staff, we don't make up the West Virginia Baptist Convention. It is you all, our churches, I believe it's 354 churches in West Virginia that make up the convention. Um, through your giving... Uh, just a, just a couple of things that we experienced this past year. We saw 61 souls saved at Camp Cowan this past year in 2022. Praise God for that. And at Parchment Valley, through the ministries there, we saw at least 69 souls saved there. Um, I, Baptist Campus Ministry, I mean, there's numerous ministries that are supported through, uh, through your giving. But one of the things... Uh, I, Realized the Baptist Campus Ministry, my wife and I try to go to Marshall's every week. Um, it's kind of late. It's at 9.15 on Wednesdays, and that's past my bedtime. Um, but we try to make it in worship with close to 200 students on Marshall's campus each week. And, and that's such a blessing to us. Um, but this year was even more special. We got to see what that community is really like. Um, about a little over a month ago, probably two months ago, maybe a little bit more, we, we, uh, one of their students, one of the young men on the leadership, went to bed on a Friday night and just, or on a Saturday night and just didn't wake up on a Sunday morning. Um, 20 year old young man, he had had a heart transplant when he was younger and just, he died in the middle of the night. And um, to see that community of faith lean on each other, because if, you, if you've ever seen a group of 20-somethings, 18 or 20-somethings, start to process death of somebody their own age, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's kind of mind-blowing to them because they think they're invincible still somewhat at that age. Um, but what a blessing it was just to see through tragedy those kids wrap themselves around each other and, and love one another. Um, so American Baptist women, American Baptist men... Uh, disaster relief. Right now we're kind of focusing disaster relief on the Jenkins, Kentucky. If, if you remember the bad floods in Kentucky, many churches gave towards disaster relief last year. And, and there's still a lot to be done with houses there. We just, um, Dana Gatewood uh, just led a trip um, down there this past week to work on houses. Both of our Marshall and WVU BCM were down there over their spring break working on houses. And so it's going to be probably a focus in the next year to years, uh, just trying to help those folks who 
people are living right now in houses that don't even have sheetrock, bare bones houses, and they're sleeping in recliners. Uh, there was an older couple who didn't have anywhere else to go. They're sitting there in a house that's stripped down, been sleeping in recliners for over a year uh, because there's nowhere else to go. There, there's no money to go anywhere else. Uh, so just remember those folks, if you would. Uh, that is the kind of things that you're giving, that your giving goes towards. So, so thank you for that. Um, if you have your Bibles this morning, I'll be preaching out of 1 Peter chapter 1, starting with verse 3. And let me tell you, I was going to say the sense of humor that, that God has. Um, I don't know if it's sense of humor, just His sovereignty. Um, uh, the, the mercy tree, singing that song. Uh, the name of my title this morning is God Wants to Show Us His Mercy. Um, we didn't plan that out. I didn't, when I talked to Jason earlier in the week, I didn't know what my sermon title was going to be. I didn't know 100% about where I was going to be preaching when we spoke to him earlier in the week. So God had a plan that today God wants to show us his mercy, and he wanted us to hear about it in song, and he wanted us to hear about it in message, evidently. So if you would, pray with me as we begin this morning. Eternal God, I thank you and I praise you for the blessings that you shower down upon us. Lord, as we hear, are, are here, uh, the, the one week anniversary of celebrating Easter. Uh, God, we thank you so much for the blessings that, that you've given us. And as we're going to look at the resurrection a little bit again this morning, God, we thank you for that resurrection. We, we thank you for what it means to us. Uh, we, thank, we thank you, not, not just last week, but we celebrate the resurrection we should every day of every year. God, so we thank you for that because it's through the resurrection you truly give us life. God, I just pray that you would just shut my mouth and speak to me, through me, the words that you would have us to hear. God, those who need lifted up, I just pray that you would lift up and encourage this morning. Those who need their toes stepped on, God, I just pray that this morning you would stomp on our toes hard. And Lord, those maybe who are here who have never accepted you as Savior, Lord, I just pray that, that the words that they would hear would just prick their heart, God, to, to allow them to see that you love them, that you want, you want to show them your mercy. You want to show us all your mercy, God, and we, we thank you for that today. For it's these things we ask and we pray in the precious name of Jesus, and amen. Some meetings start out, if you're familiar with them, maybe you've been to one, maybe you haven't, but it's like, hello, my name's Evan. Um, my sin, my whatever is. <laughs> we, we hear these meetings, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. Many of our churches host things like this. Um, but as, as I think about when we gather together on Sunday mornings, we could say, hello, my name's Evan. Welcome to Sinners Anonymous, right? Because we are. I mean, that's what we come. It's, we, we, come we, we come to be refreshed, but yet we all realize we're not perfect, and if you are, we need to change places because I'm far from perfect. Um, anybody here want to claim that? <laughs> um, Jesus did, and, and we celebrated his resurrection from his death last week, right? He was perfect, and so for whatever reason, he uh, calls people and trusts people like me to step in uh, and stand in front of pulpits and speak for, for whatever reason. Um, I certainly have struggles in my life, just like many of you have struggles in your life. Uh, for me, it can be so much easier just to bury my head in the sand 
And I, I don't like to talk about my struggles. I, I don't think many of us do. We, we don't like to look at these things in the face. But I think it's important for us to, to know and to understand. We all know the things we struggle with. It, it, sometimes it's embarrassing to talk about things. Um, but sometimes um, some people need to hear what we're going through as followers of Jesus to allow them to understand we're human too. To allow them to understand we go through problems too and it's leaning on the everlasting arms of Jesus. It's having victory in Jesus. That's the place where we get to rest. That's the place where we get to... That's why and how we make it through our struggles. Um, for me, my, my struggle is something we hear a lot about now. My greatest struggle, I'll say. There's more than one. Um, we, we hear about it, but it's a pretty taboo in church. It's this thing called depression. Anybody ever heard of that? Um, it's my struggle. Uh, probably since I was young, I can remember having some mild forms and episodes of that. But in 2003, my wife and I, we had a daughter who was stillborn. She had Down syndrome, and for whatever reason, her little heart just gave out. Um, and that was probably the hardest day of our life. And through that, eventually, it led me into spiraling into a major depressive episode. Um, you know, I wasn't in a very good state at that point, but praise God, through medication, uh, through God's healing touch, uh, in just a few months, I was able to pull out of that and get on with life the way life is supposed to be lived. Um, that was great for about 14 years until 2017. For whatever reason, I had, everything was going great in life. I had just finished seminary. Um, I, but I can remember I was out mowing my grass one day. Beautiful day, sun shining down. And here's me just bawling like a baby, mowing the grass and just thinking, what in the world is wrong with me? Maybe you've been there, maybe you haven't. I hope you haven't, but... Uh, I think we can all understand some of these things. So praise God through medication, through God's healing touch. Uh, well, he allowed me to move on to that um, until this past year. Um, I had a pretty nasty bout with COVID. Uh, I hope none of you have experienced that. But on the tail end of that, again, a major depressive episode, which come to find out is quite common. Um, as I researched that, but this was like nothing that I've ever experienced. I wouldn't wish this on anybody. I could not function. I was out of work for over three months because I could not function in the state of mind I was at. But I'll say, praise God, through medication, through God's healing touch, here I am. I was able to get back to work come October. Um, and, and, you know, these things are still a struggle. It's hard for me to talk about because they are taboo. It's things that I can say I'm not proud about, but yet uh, I didn't really have a choice. I didn't choose that. Somewhat it chose me. Um, and I say all these things to say I suspect that each and every one of us, um, each one of you, you might not struggle with the same struggles I struggle with, but yet you probably have your own struggles. One of the things that I realized through all of my episodes, through all my junk and all the junk in my life, is that God, want, he, has, he has continually shown me mercy in no matter what I was going through. When I think about us and uh, what we all experience, um, I, I say I figure we all experience some sort of flesh 
some sort of thorn in our flesh, just as Paul spoke about in 2 Corinthians 12. Paul was talking about how he could brag about his strengths. He could brag about all the things that, that he was good at. He could brag about all of this stuff. But he says, but therefore, in order to keep him from becoming conceited, he said, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. He said, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But God said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. My thought this morning, and I hope that you hear it a hundred times, I hope that it sticks, is that God wants to show us mercy. God wants to show us grace that he spoke about to Paul. The thing about mercy and grace, what's the difference? Well, mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Every single one of us, I mean, we're all sinners saved by grace. In our sin, we all deserve hell. We all deserve God, God's wrath. We all deserve these things. But yet, through Jesus Christ, through faith in Christ, God's mercy, He takes that away from us. On the flip side of the coin, His grace is that it's our unmerited favor, as they say, our undeserved favor in God, in that we He gives us what we don't deserve. Praise God, we, we have an eternal life, we have an eternal home in heaven through faith in Jesus Christ, something that not one of us earned. But Christ earned that on that mercy tree. Christ earned that for us on the cross, and he's given that to us. So while we wrestle with issues, sometimes we even get ourselves to, to pray for them, don't we? <laughs> As we wrestle with these issues, we pray for them. Sometimes we pray, God, would you just remove these issues? Would you remove the issues from my life? Because we don't enjoy going through things like this. God, would you remove me from, from what's going on? around us. Sometimes God gives us the answer that we like. Sometimes, well, he gives us an answer we don't like or that we don't expect. But yet, God wants to what? God wants to show us mercy. In 1 Peter 3, 1 Peter 1, I'm sorry, starting with verse 3. I'm going to go through this a little slower. I'm not going to read all the way through it and go back. We'll just read a, a verse and talk about it. Peter says, praise be to God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And I was just thinking as he starts out his letter out with this, as he starts what he's trying to say out with this, one of the things that I hope we understand is no matter what our circumstances are, praise ought to be where we begin. Praise ought to be how we live our lives. Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, no matter the circumstances that we're going through. Now, I understand when we're in a time of loss, when we're in a time that we're down, when we're in a time of hurt, when we're in a time of pain, sometimes the very last thing we feel like doing is praising God. But yet, we're called to praise Him anyway. Praise God, praise be to the God our Father for Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, in His great mercy, He has given us new birth. See, it's through the mercy of God that we have anything through Jesus Christ. And through this, he wants to give us new birth. If we remember, uh, Jesus is talking to this Pharisee named Nicodemus in John chapter 3. 
said he was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied to him, Very truly I tell you that no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And Nicodemus says, How can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. So when we're looking at what is this new birth, it is a new birth through Jesus Christ into, a, it's, a, it's a spiritual birth that we cannot hash out on our own. We cannot create on our own, but it's through God's mercy. He has given us this new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What did we celebrate last week? Easter, that's right. You wait. No. <laughs> Just asking because you asked me a minute ago, right? <laughs> Last week we celebrated Easter. We celebrated the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And how exciting that is to celebrate Easter. And as I said a minute ago, I hope we don't reserve that for just one Sunday a year because today we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ again. We celebrate in the resurrection of Christ who gave us new birth into this living hope. Folks, we don't have a dead hope. <laughs> Praise God. We have a living hope that can only come through God, that can only come through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have a living hope that, that only he can give us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And into this inheritance, he's given us great mercy He's given this new birth, a living hope through the resurrection, and into an inheritance that can never spoil, that can never perish, that can never fade. Do you own that inheritance in your life? If you have faith in Jesus Christ, that's an inheritance that you have. He says it can never perish, it can never spoil, it can never fade. I mean, you think about what people fight about on earth. You think about families who go to war over an inheritance, over money, over homes, over, we'll say, junk that's been inherited down through generations and generations. Maybe it's not junk to us, but the thing is, it's all perishable. It's none of it's going to last for an eternity. And we see people fighting family. We see people fighting loved ones. We, we see families torn apart over a perishable over an inheritance that's going to spoil, over an inheritance that's going to fade, but yet this inheritance is kept for us in heaven. It's kept in heaven for you, as our scripture says. Through you who, through faith, are also shielded by God's power. Not only is your place inherited in heaven, but you are shielded by God's power. That Nobody can take that away from you as well. Jesus said in John chapter 14, I'm going to flip over and read that real quick. Very familiar to you, and it is to me too, but I'll mess it up if I try to say it off the top of my head probably. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. 
You believe in God, believe also in me, that my Father's house has many rooms. And if that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you also may be where I am. God has gone to prepare a place and nobody can take that away from us. And God has gone, he's protecting us as well and nobody can take that away. We have this inheritance, we are shielded by God's faith. It says, until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Just as we read here in verse 14, Jesus knew what he was going to do. And if he goes to prepare a place, he will come back for his church. Are you ready for that? I, I, and we might not be ready today. I hope we're ready to say, come Lord Jesus. Um, that's what it says at the end of Revelation, come Lord Jesus. I pray that we have that we live with that in our minds. I know the saying: everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Right? <laughs> um, and maybe that's true. We don't know what heaven's like. We know what life's like, and sometimes we're not in a hurry to leave this life. But yet, I hope that we can live with in the front of our mind, not the back of our mind, but the front of our mind to say, "Come, Lord Jesus." To understand and to know that he is coming and he is coming back. He is shielding us. He has given us a guarantee of his inheritance. And he says in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6, he says, In all of this you greatly rejoice. There it is again. Praise be to God at the beginning. Now he's saying in all of this, because we know all of this, Greatly rejoice. Why? Because God wants to show us his mercy. So now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. And here we are, what I started with. Life's not going to be perfect. Life's going to throw us some curveballs. Life's going to hit us. Hey, we're going to get hit by the pitch every now and then, aren't we? Life isn't perfect. And he says, but now for a little while... We might have to go through these things, but yet he says in verse 7 that these things have come so that the proven genuineness of our faith may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. The genuineness of our faith is shown through how not only that we act, but how we react to the situations that we're placed in. Are we acting like people who have no hope? Or do we live like people who have plenty of hope in Jesus Christ? He says these things have, have, that have been proven um, the genuineness of our faith. And listen to what he says about how important it is. He says it's of greater worth than gold. The genuineness of our faith is of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire. And it's the genuineness of our faith that results in our praise, in, our, in glory and honor when Christ is revealed. It says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you may not see him now, you believe in him. If you remember the story about one of the disciples, one of the apostles that we call Doubting Thomas. If you remember, Jesus showed up to all the other apostles, and, and Thomas wasn't there for whatever reason. And when he showed up, they said, we have seen the Lord. 
And Thomas said, if you remember, and I'm, this is the Evan paraphrase, I'll probably mess it up, but unless I put my finger in his hands, unless I put my hand in his side, unless I, until I see that, I won't believe. And so scripture tells us the very next week, doubting Thomas is there when Jesus shows up. And Jesus said, here I am. Put your finger in my hand. Put your hand in my side. Know that it is me. And, and his response was then Thomas's response. He went from doubting Thomas to believing Thomas because he said, my Lord and my God. Of course, Jesus looked at him and said, you believe because you, you've seen. But blessed are those who believe when they have not seen. And as we're here today, maybe we don't see Jesus. Maybe we don't see him, but we see, we see what he's done for us. Maybe we don't always feel like we, that we can know that God is real. Maybe we don't always feel like we know these things. But Jesus said, you love me and you believe in me and you're filled with inexpressible and glorious joy once again. He says, for you are receiving the end result of your faith. It's the salvation of your souls. See, as doubting Thomas went to believing Thomas, although he had to see to believe, Sometimes we ask God to show us so that we'll believe. Sometimes we, we, we have um, moments like we read through the scripture. We have these fleece moments. God, show me. God, show me the dew on the fleece. God, show me the dew on the earth. <laughs> you see, God wants to show us his mercy so why is the knowledge that God wants to show us his mercy important? I really think it's because so many people walk around hopeless. So many people walk around in hopelessness or self-condemnation because of the issues that we carry around. Because we can make ourselves feel very small when God wants to make us very big in his eyes. We can take our issues and we can make ourselves unlovable when we are anything but unlovable. We are lovable in God's eyes. Many people carry around a lot more than they even realize. So what do we do with the knowledge that God wants to show us his mercy? First off is we have to accept his gift of mercy. It's free. Doesn't cost us a thing. It not cost him everything. It cost him to, to give his life on that mercy tree. But yet he's still not on the tree. He's not still in the grave. Praise God, he is alive forevermore. And he gives us that living hope that we talked about. Accept God's gift of mercy. Believe. Even though we don't see, we we're called to believe in Christ. Even we don't see him, we're called to love Jesus. And even though we don't see, I have, I suspect that somewhat, maybe we, I know I do, I can feel him. And maybe as we sit here today, maybe it's our heart rate that gets up a little bit. Sometimes we see people start gra gra gripping on for dear life in the pew in front of them. 
Sometimes it's making something that God makes sense out of something that even I say. <laughs> Amen. And sometimes it's just maybe hearing that still small voice that Jesus is speaking into us through his spirit because God wants to show us his mercy when we accept this free gift of mercy. Imagine how God could work not only in this church, but in, the, in our lives. When we give him a chance to show us his mercy. Imagine how this church and all the other churches in this community, imagine how our homes and our communities could be different if everyone was living in the freedom that comes through God showing us his mercy. See, when we don't allow God to show us his mercy, we're, we're, we're trapped. When we don't accept God's free mercy, when we don't accept his free grace, we're not living in the freedom that God has called us to live in. Imagine how that could be different if we were living in the freedom of God's mercy because God wants to show us his mercy. The Apostle Paul wrote these words as we close, as we imagine what things would be like living in his mercy. He says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to pray, but one of the things, I'd, I'd like to ask a favor from you all. For the next week, would you be willing to pray, to take a couple minutes out of your day to pray to God, to say, God, search me. Search me and try me, as we read in Psalm 139. God, search me and try me. God, show me where you want to show mercy in my life. God, show me where you want to show me grace in my life. Could you take a few minutes for the next week to say, God, where do you want to work in my life? Where do you want to show me these things? And just see what a difference that might make when we come back next week. I won't be here, but hopefully you will be. <laughs> God, show me where you, want, where you want to be alive in my life. Would you pray with me this morning? Eternal God, we thank you and we praise you for the blessings that you shower down upon us. God, we, we thank you, Lord, for the knowledge that you want to show us mercy. You want to show us grace in, in our walk with you. But God, you don't force it upon us. God, you call us. You call us to accept that from you, to believe in you, to trust in you, to love you. God, give us the courage to take a step out. Give us the courage to ask you, Lord, where you want 
where you want to bless us at. God, ask us, give us the courage, give us the strength, give us the wisdom to, to reach out to you. Give us the reminder each day to say, ask you where you want to show us your mercy in our lives. God, help us to say yes to you. Help us to believe. Help us to love even when we don't see you. But God, help us to know that we do see your evidence in each of our lives here. For it's these things we ask and pray in Jesus' name and amen. Thank you for joining us at High Lawn Baptist Church. We pray that you were blessed by today's message. At High Lawn, we believe that when you love God, you share his word. When you love others, you spread the gospel. We would love for you to join us next time and if possible, to join us in person. To contact or learn more about us, to donate to our ongoing ministry, or most importantly, to learn about the salvation offered to you through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, visit us at highlawnbaptistchurch.org. Once again, thank you and God bless you.